Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charm. Charm. A spellcast. A spellcast. Hey, you listening there. Have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spellcast um hello we're back i was waiting for the crowd to chime back in hello Hello, Brooklyn! They all go, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Close your window! Um, Stay inside! Mm-hmm. And stop yapping! Quit your yapping! Quit uh, your yapping! And quit listening to your devil's music! Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha! Interesting <laughs> that they would say that! Because that is the title of this week's episode. And we're still shouting this out the window back at them. (laughs) We are indeed. Uh, Thank you, dear listeners, for coming to this imaginary exchange. We hope it really transported you virtually and safely to the hallowed streets of Brooklyn. I like to build a story with our voices. Paint a picture. I like to... Build a palace in my mind and then retreat into it and sit. <laughs> and no one may disturb me. Like a recluse. Like a recluse. Like a. I don't know, but I am a recluse spending my days watching British Bake Off and knitting. I find it hilarious that your mind palace is built for a recluse. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of comfy chairs. Oh. So, um, so, so Bryce, mm-hmm. so Bryce, would mm-hmm. you like to do a little bit of manner keeping before we get into our, our, our dear raison d'etre? I don't know how to pronounce French. <laughs> raisin d'etre. Um, <laughs> raisin ditch. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to keep a little bit of the manner. So let's see. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said that before. Oh, I've never thought it before. And I try not to think before I speak. So that would Uh, make sense. Well, shame on you. (laughs) Uh, Shame on me, indeed. Um, Let's see. Anything to update the the world out there with? Do you want to go first? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Wow, that was quite a prolonged pause um yeah let's see okay so not a lot has happened i am officially unemployed right now so that is exciting and terrifying but you know i'm just thanking my lucky stars that i have a place to live for now and that i have beautiful people who send me lots of love not money because that would be asking a lot but their love feels like the highest monetary value to me. Yes. So, um, 
that's it. That's about it. I'm unemployed. I'm fun employed. And I'm attempting to find my path in life, which is quite strange to do after you've gotten your master's, but it's happening. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm excited because somebody just asked me if I would curate their queer movie night, and I'm really looking forward to that. Ah, that's exciting! Yeah, it's a little thing, but I was given basically the only kind of uh, constraints around it are that it needs to be something on Netflix so we can do Netflix party with a lot of people, and I have a list of what they've seen before, and I'm just going to go at it. So that's something that's very exciting. I really admire that people trust your knowledge and your taste so much that for their event, they want you to design it. I think it's quite silly, but it is because I relentlessly badger people with the knowledge that all I'm about is queer movies. So <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a validation of my badgering and I'm 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 glad of it. Glad to see that my advertising has worked. Yeah. Shayna is 50% queer, 50% movies. All in all, a queer movie. One queer movie. I was going to say a movie queer, but one. Mo- oh, <laughs> that's maybe better. But um, yes, I am. I am one movie queer away from being a queer movie. And so can you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's about it. I'm trying to stay off Twitter as much as I can. Uh, I'm trying to consume news only in a way that will keep me safe and healthy because I don't think I've ever had a bigger problem with reading news and immediately being just completely distraught by it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking a break from that as much as I can and I'm just trusting the people that I really know and put my my faith in in terms of their connections to community and state and like family to kind of let me know what's going on and that's where I'm at. It's a lot actually I feel that you had to update us with. Um... Yeah you know it doesn't it's like it doesn't feel like that much because I I haven't been leaving the house as many people haven't but, you know, life still really goes on and in more and more complicated ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing with the listeners. And I am wishing you more, more better days ahead with thank fortune. You. Not just happiness-wise, but monetarily-wise. Oh, my God, you know me so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and you, Bryce. And me. And you. I. Bryce. I, Bryce. Um, let's see. Coming to a home near you. <laughs> uh, I honestly am, like, struggling for, like, an update that I feel is relevant enough to bring up. Hmm... It can be anything. I just told everybody about my depression, so like literally literally anything <laughs> raises the bar. <laughs> Did you eat a good snack over the last two weeks? 
I ate something that really did me a doozy because I woke up like Tuesday night with the worst tummy ache that I've had in so long. And then for all of Monday, I ate bread, like plain bread. And that was like oh, a wow. feast, a feast for my upset tum. Just pillows of bread yep. softening the blow. Yeah. Uh, my body is a temple in shambles. My body is the temple after the Assyrians destroyed it and the the Jews are just trying to build it back up, but at least they've got enough oil for eight days. <laughs> and that's all I have <laughs> to build everything back up. Eight days. Niche niche reference there for all you Hanukkah fans. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's not really anything interesting to update the world with. That is totally fair. And by world, I just mean Liana, our moms, and Simon. Thanks, Simon. Also, we have one more listener. Oh, yeah. Um, We have the incredible Alyssa Dorn, who just this past episode cycle... Uh, sent us fan art <laughs> of, of of me and Bryce. Yeah. And it was so, so lovely, and we'll post it, and probably we'll have already posted mm-hmm. it by I the really, time this episode goes up. I really admired that she said that she knew that we didn't want, or at least I didn't want, uh, fan art actually of me, so she made sure that our faces, like our facial features, weren't included in the art. Totally anonymous. Yeah. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. With those glasses, could be anyone. Um, I, With that height difference. I imagine the next fan art is just going to be fans. Like, uh... Oh, please. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Would you like, like a little, you know, one of those little battery-operated fans? That's really cute. I was thinking the Thwarpy fans. Oh, that would be good, too. Uh, haven't made a good thwarp in a while. Yep. Me Missing too. That. No thwarps. No yeah. thwarps for you and me. Uh, well, but you know who does thwarp? Tell us. Is Dishwalla, apparently. Effortless. Um, Effortless segue. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, let us segue, <laughs> as I used to say, uh, let us segue into the devil's music, into that sweet, sweet satanic rock and roll heck yeah Um, let's do it heck yeah let's do it the devil's music can't tell us what to do anymore mom we we got we're gonna do it we're gonna listen we're gonna we're gonna go to the show (laughs) uh the devil's music was directed by richard compton and it was written by david simpkins and it aired on october 21st 1999 ooh wee Sui. Sui. And uh, lest anyone forget, this is season two, episode four of Charm. Oh yeah, and we're we're doing the spellcast, which is a podcast about that show. And I'm Shayna. <laughs> and I'm Bryce. <laughs> and thank you and good night. And that's the podcast. And that's the pod. Okay, this was great, everyone. Uh, see you later, Dishwala. <laughs> Our shortest one um, yet.
so shall we shall we do our three separate journeys yes i love that we are sticking to this that you remember every time to that we have a system now yeah well i really like it i think it makes for Mm -hmm. some clean uh structure for our listeners and also for me so i don't get hopelessly lost i crave structure oh my god i looked at sorry go on garage band no i this is stupid i looked at garage band and i have it on bars instead of time (laughs) and right as i looked at it it went six 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 and i was like (gasps) the number of the beast oh my god six 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 in your music software the devil's music the devil's music! Hey, cha-cha! Which opens on our three sisters <laughs> hanging out at P3. Not P-cubed, although that would have been kind of cool, but P3. Wait, Bryce, we didn't even do the three thing. We didn't do the... <laughs> I lost my structure! <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so first of all, hmm. what is what is Prue doing? Not much in this episode. Prue is uh, dealing with our one of our uh, unsavory men-type folk creatures in this episode um, because she is attempting to help the financial future and, I guess, exist- existential future of the club. Yeah. I uh, really don't like that guy she's dealing with. Don't at um, all. Is bad. Okay. Piper in this episode is dealing with many a thing including trying to populate her club and get it off the ground and also she's dealing with a a tale of two men interests again and these men these men these men what is that from that's from othello (laughs) oh god who says it i don't it's amelia and the the one who dies. Oh, they both die. Anyway. Um Othello's real sad, kids. Don't watch it unless you want to be sad. Um okay Oh, Desdemona. Okay, I got it. So <laughs> there are a lot of men characters and I don't like them, but I only don't like them because they don't communicate with Piper. In this episode, Leo is futzing around and he is acting as if Piper and Leo never had a relationship, and Piper is trying to get him to communicate with her, and he simply will not. And so she, maybe, has an interest in another person. Could it be Dan the Man? Boo! Maybe. Hiss! Get him out of here! And then we have one more sister. Oh, yeah. So our third sister, Phoebe, is in the same boat kind of as Prue in terms of she's trying to help um, the club out. And she doesn't have like a huge emotional arc in the episode. Uh, But she does have a really cool adventurous arc in which she is the bait for for the big baddie that we're about to discuss. Yes, she is. She's always very excited to take charge in these situations. Um, and I, I admire that greatly, and I also um, don't understand it, one might say. <laughs> I don't think Phoebe's self-preservation is all that high. Oh, yeah, yeah. She definitely does not have a survival instinct. No, she has a 
she has an other people preservation instinct. Yeah, she's very selfless. Yeah, definitely. And then the three of them together are battling an evil demon who has made a pact with all people. Wait, who? Or of all of all people? Yeah. Um the demon has made made a pact with a band manager. Oh, mhm. And the band manager will be rich and famous and successful and manage the best bands. If the demon can procure souls with the band manager's help. Yep. He made a pact with the devil so that Dishwalla could shine. (laughs) This is so silly. (laughs) This premise, thin, my friends. (laughs) But very thin. This is the start of uh, something that you mentioned earlier, which is something that a lot of 90s shows do where they. I guess, like, early 2000s shows as well, where they just, like, have the band of the moment on their show as a guest star. Yeah, they need to have a club so they can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bronze and Buffy. Um, so that's why we have P3, I'm fairly certain. P3, the power of three. Yes, and speaking of, P3 is poppin', I thought, but they were like, no, it's dead. And I was like, what? I've never been to a bar in my life. I thought it was like kind of like one of those jazzy, just like chill bars, but I guess they were looking for something else. Yeah, they were looking to pay the bills. The first thing I wrote down was, is Dishwalla a real band? (laughs) (laughs) I keep keep thinking they're about to say like dishwasher. (laughs) Is Dishwasher a real band? I love Dishwasher. (laughs) I once saw laundry detergent open for Dishwasher. (laughs) That was a really bad joke. I almost couldn't continue it. But you powered through, and that's what matters. Thank you. So Prue and Phoebe are worried about the club because they're Mm -hmm. trying to... Uh, get an investor to like partway pick up some of their loan mm-hmm. um, and they just need it to be packed and Piper's like it will be it's fine and little does she know how right she is because in the next scene Leo is very confusedly stalking through a dishwalla <laughs> concert crowd um, and he looks extremely out of place mm-hmm I mean, he, very confused. he looks like a regular, like, late 90s dress kind of person, but I can only associate him with, like, an ancient being. So just seeing him, like, in a club, I'm like, why are you there? Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, totally. Anyway, so Leo's looking, 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 looking. Meanwhile, we see this greasy band manager guy taking a, an, a very uh, hyper-innocent gal, I guess, to meet the band and she says oh my god this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me i can't believe it i'm so excited he says well you seem like a good dot 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 soul (laughs) and that's where we're like oh no something bad um and she utters a line that becomes like a continuing theme throughout the rest of the episode she's like i would do anything to like whatever whatever um And apparently that is the magic word that is saying, like, I would 
I want to be consumed by a weird demon creature with big, big fingies. Because uh, that's what happens to her. She gets tricked yep. into a closet or some other kind of like green room thing. The man locks her in and a demon shrouded in rags appears from thin air and sucks her into his belly. Yeah, and it's gross. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. It's one of the it's more gruesome demons. It's gelatinous and I'm not excited about that. <laughs> I'm especially just not excited about the way men treat women throughout this episode. It's real. It's a real bummer. Ugh. Yeah. It does not go uphill from here, friends, but it does go to the credits. And then it goes to San Francisco with the tell me all your thoughts on God. And I was like, oh, interesting. Who did this? Because I recognized this song and I tippy tap typed. And it said Dishwalla. And I was like, <laughs> oh, they are they a real are band. band. <laughs> and you knew their songs, too. You were a fan <laughs> of Dishwasher. I, I confess I were. Twas I. Twas, Twas I in the corner. Twas <laughs> I in the spot. <laughs> Light. <laughs> Losing her memory. Using my dishwasher. <laughs> too much. No, just the right, just the right amount, just enough. Okay, so yeah, so uh, we see. Oh, Leo's at um, a radio station, Leo. and yeah. he confronts the band manager. And I guess we'll find out later. But I'll just tell you now: he uh, gives him a little spell, or he does a little spell in the band manager to influence him to want to play Dishwalla's next concert at P three. And I, I was. Even after having watched this se- or this uh, series so many times, I I found myself becoming quite irate at Leo using some blue fairy dust. <laughs> it made me very upset. I was like, why wouldn't he just do this for everything? I don't understand. Like, how on earth is this? not against the rules or like outside of what he's able to do because wouldn't this solve like all of his problems yeah a part of me is not quite sure about the what role the white lighters fill because i know that they're like guiding forces but they seem to be pretty powerful i don't know why they can't engage in fights themselves i don't know either um but i i think we get a lot more of the the politics of it further on in the series but just for now i was like yeah the person who wrote this episode didn't really have a handle on white lighting, I think. Fair enough. Um, okay, moving right along. So we're at the club now. It's off hours. Uh, and Jenny, their teenage neighbor, shows up and asks Piper if she could come to a show later. Um, which is... Yeah, and Piper's confused. Yeah, because I'm wondering if the scene is like somewhat out of order. But anyway... While she's asking Piper, like, please let me to the club so I can go see the show later. And Piper's like, well, I can't do that because you're underage. That's when the fancy manager man shows up and says, hey, I want my band, Dishwasher, to play here. Yeah, no, you are correct. That is in order because at the radio station, they'd announced that Dishwalla, or like, later they would announce that Dishwalla was playing at P3. And that's how oh. Jenny knows. So you are, you are correct. 
The only thing I have written down about Jenny is Fly to the Concord's voice. Jenny. Oh. <laughs> Jenny. But I, Jenny. I, Jenny. Um, I kept almost trying to do the uh, uh, Forrest Gump Jenny. Oh. Combination Forrest Gump and Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Gumps. Flight of the Gumps. Um, yes. So anyway, uh, the band manager is like, you booked. And Piper's like, I guess I am. Wow, wow, wow. This is going to help. Um, and then Prue gets a call, I believe, is the next thing. Yes. So Piper's probably about to rush back to the manor to like... Uh, uh, reveal the good news. But in the meantime, Prue's at the manor having a conversation with disgusting uh, loan man guy um, on the phone. Blech. Where she's like, yes, please, we need this loan because we want to be able to continue the club for a little bit longer and we're running out of money. And the loan man guy is like, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem, no problem. I'll do it. But what about also you have dinner with me in Paris? And I was like, that's not... Hmm. Not a not a sound business practice, my dude. <laughs> that is unethical. Yeah, I don't know about his business model. Um, I I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I felt instantly uh, disturbed, and Prue seemed to want to um, what's the word? Diffuse the situation. So mm-hmm. she keeps insisting, like, nope, nope, not dinner, not dinner, not dinner, and then they hang up. That's pretty much it. And you're like, wow, this guy's a sleaze. Hope he's only in this one episode. Um, I would like to say I did like the terrible exchange when he asks, you know what they call French bread in France? And uh, Prue says with her teeth gritted and her eyes shooting daggers, bread. Bread. (laughs) Um... And he takes no offense to that. He's like, yeah, isn't that a great joke I just made? It's Awful. so, like, the writing style of this show is so starkly different than the writing style of shows that are, like, dramas nowadays. Because I, I just finished watching the season finale of Westworld, and they go on so many long, like, didactic oh, discussions. Oh, my God. And it's just so Bryce, different. we're gonna oh, what? have to have a conversation after this. That's our new podcast? Yeah. <laughs> West Witch. West, oh! Okay, so the guy's sleazy. Yeah. yeah, you were saying that uh, dramas, dramas. Oh, yeah. This show is not written like dramas. Yeah, this show's not written like dramas, and it's just, it feels like the way that TV writing has developed in the past 20 years has made dialogue become so much different. It does, it does, like, it definitely does feel like that, and I, I always reference Buffy in this, but I also think about uh, Gilmore Girls, and I think about West Wing. In terms of like how snappy and pop culture driven dialogue becomes. And I think, especially in, in comedies or in, yeah, in sitcoms, in dramedies. Um, but I think perhaps the key to good writing is just being able to predict, like being an arbiter of taste. Mm-hmm. Like what do you think is going to stick 10 years down the line? Mm. or 20 really but um i I think that's part of it yeah an interesting perspective 
Okay, so meanwhile, Piper has finally arrived back at the manor, and she's ha- come to brag about the fact that she's gotten Dishwallad to play at her club. Uh, but then Leo comes and steals her thunder. So he knock, knock, knocks on the door, he comes in, and Le- uh, Piper tries to share her good news, and Leo goes, ah, that was actually me. And then Piper gets really short with him. Uh, not height-wise. Uh, emotionally, she gets very angry. <laughs> And uh, says, what are we, Leo's witches now? And I was like, you tell him. It's <laughs> a good band name, though. Yeah, truly. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Well, anyway, he, he tells them that he is luring the band because the band manager has it packed with a demon. Mm-hmm. And all I can think during this time is a, a band manager... That's what you wanted to trade souls for? You wanted to become a band manager? Yeah, not even in the band. You're not even in the band! Um, The other thing that I took a note of in this scene is that Phoebe's shirt, it's, like, got a big old cinch right right in the center. Oh, yeah. It's a a midriff shirt for sure. Midriff and top drift. All around drift. Tokyo drift. Tokyo. <laughs> the shirt. <laughs> Phoebe Hallowell. Tokyo drift. Okay. Um, yes, okay. So anyway, Piper is very, very upset with Leo. Mm-hmm. And he orbs on out of there and is like, but this is what has to happen. She's like, huff, huff, huff. Huff, huff, And huff. I would also be like that because he's being quite short with her. Not height-wise. Um, and he's expecting a lot out of her without consulting. Yeah, I feel like they will discuss this later, but this is something that I am identifying as a core issue in their relationship. They haven't really hammered out the details of their professional dynamic. And I feel like they expect things of each other because of their personal dynamic, which their professional dynamic doesn't allow to happen. And they haven't really communicated it, and they never set aside the time that they need to communicate it. Things just keep coming up, so they keep assuming things of each other. Ah, everything happens so much. So stop mixing business with pleasure with business, Leo. Um, correct. That's the answer. Uh, okay. Okay. So, we're back to P3, where the manager guy is getting um, the show ready. So he's, like, having the uh, crew unload all of the equipment. And Daryl pounces. Daryl's on the attack. Yay, Daryl. I missed you, Daryl. Daryl is tough this episode. He's not about to take no, no playing around from no baddie. Yeah, he is T-U-F-F tough. Tough. Oof. Um, and he is acting the hell out of every line. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. It was very fun. It was fun. Uh, that Dorian Gregory, that actor, is really funny. And one of the things that I wrote in this, um, especially in a further scene where he confronts Prue, is like, damn it, just let him be funny. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess I like when he is um, a- aggravated and kind of like, um indignant because it feels like it feels like he has a reason to be whereas i feel like some people on the show they are indignant and i'm like why are you miscommunicating to each other but daryl wants answers oh yeah i totally agree with you 
I feel like he's always on the side that like if we were in this universe in the show we would like be on Daryl's side kind of the like civilian I don't understand what's going on but you guys need to get your heads out of your butts and let me know what's going on please yeah he's the peanut gallery yeah <laughs> who fights crime peanut gallery who fights crime that's a new pitch for a show <laughs> that sounds great yeah uh, so daryl is confronting the band manager and the band manager is like pish and tosh and daryl's like not so fast uh you are at the center of a major like disappearance ring buddy but he doesn't arrest him or anything so i guess he doesn't have enough evidence uh that's always the case and you and i've watched enough crime procedurals to know so you can't just go on a fishing expedition. You actually have to have evidence and a warrant to arrest someone. And fish. And and some bait. Um No. No. And a fish. <laughs> a fish. Fish first. <laughs> no fishing. Where's your um, fish? You can't fish here without your fish. <laughs> What do you want to be? What do you want in all the world? What will you trade souls for? I want to be a band manager. Manager of bands. I, I so, see that. Anyway. I see that as the, uh, you remember the Yo-Yo Man video? <laughs> yeah, but he just kept on yoing. <laughs> Teach me Yo-Yo Man or Yo-Yo Master. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, we got it. Back back at it. Here we go. All right. Demon. Um, The only... Oh, yeah? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, the only other note I have about that scene is that uh, San Francisco is... SFPD is yet again at the center of a national crime investigation for some reason. It just keeps happening. (laughs) Okay. Yep. San Francisco, the center of the universe. Francisco. <laughs> Time sure are shitty. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Can't do this. So. Okay. Okay. The next scene, I only wrote one phrase and it was Demon Ipecac. Yeah, I, I wrote that too. <laughs> and that's all uh, you need snarky, to know. Snarky Piper. Snarky Piper is uh, listening to Phoebe tell her that the way to exorcise, well, I guess it's a reverse exorcization in which they're getting the souls out of the demon instead of the demon out of the girls. Um, And the way to do that is to basically give him, like, a very strong Tums, (laughs) I guess, Um, and explode him, basically, and then he'll explode and the souls of the girls will be just fine. Cool. So they got to go about uh, consulting the Book of Shadows, figure out the recipe, get that going. Um, meanwhile, Manager Man has had enough. He is um, back at P3, and he rushes to his uh, private green room area, and he's like, Demon, I want out of the pact because we're being hunted by the police, but you know what? It's going to be me on the line, and I don't want to be on the line. And then the uh, demon is like, okay, and then sets him on fire, <laughs> and he's like, I want more <laughs> souls. <laughs> Uh, okay are you sure about that now don't like being on fire do you and the band manager's like you're right i am merely a wimp i don't even deserve the band um and then he 
he's like, oh, fine, more souls, because I don't want to be set on fire. And the demon's like, blub, 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 back into the wall I go. <laughs> glub, glub, glub. Yep. Um, all right. So that was discouraging. Yeah, too bad. Um, don't really have any sympathy for the band manager, though. No, he got himself into this mess. Willingly. He, he made really, a he literal did. pact with the devil for fame and fortune. Or at least tangential fame and fortune. And he didn't even give anything up. He's just, like, giving young women, young unsuspecting women who are prone to being taken advantage of because that's the way they've been taught that they can get anywhere in the world is ah. to say that they'll do anything to ride the power of men but they're instead completely used and uh swallowed by a demon they don't they don't even get what they want yeah yeah it, Bummer. it sucked a lot because every time he lured a young girl back you could see that happening in real life. You could see someone who is too trusting because they're that young and they have that much faith in the world and is taken advantage of because of that lack of cynical world wariness. Yeah, a lack of cynicism and then also kind of a long pattern of being educated that the people who hold power are the only ones who can, like, tell them what to do. Like, they can't make decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. They just have to trust the people in power who are so often men. And in that way, we have a parallel with this really predatory loan shark um, and then the band manager in terms of, like, we can do whatever we want and the girls have to follow simply because we are we are men with power or we are men who want power mm -hmm. they're and the girls are disposable yeah they're so confident in that they can get what they want and they really don't have remorse for who has to suffer for that so even though the manager guy wanted to get out of the pact it wasn't until he was threatened like his own personal welfare was threatened before he felt any semblance of remorse Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the wrong he was doing. It was about being caught. Yeah. And while he did show, like, a little bit of a grimace the first time we see him serve of a girl to the demon, I think the grimace was more for, like, oh, I have to listen to this, rather than, like, oh, I can't believe I let someone be subjected to this. Definitely. Like, I directly led to their downfall. Mm -hmm. There's there's no personal, personal responsibility. There's no, like, culpability for his own actions. And it's frankly disgusting. Yeah, it's a power trip. And like you said, it does reflect some of the power trips that the other men, namely the lone man, uh, re represent in this episode. Yeah. Boo. We hate it. So speaking really of... don't like it. Don't like it. But speaking of the lone man, uh, in the next scene, we, he, we go to um, Buckwell. Buckwell? Yes. Buckland. Buckland. Who is Buckwell? Halliwell? Buck Halliwell. <laughs> uh, their father. Um, they go to Buckland, and Prue is there at her office, and Lone Man comes by and is like, guess what? I picked up the loan, even though you called me and said that you were doing fine, because I realized that you're doing fine, and now I want to take over the club. 
I don't understand finances. Yeah, I'm sure someone has to sign, like the person who you're loaning to. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. Like there's, there's got to be something with lawyers and yeah. stuff. You gotta have Sitting papers. Down. The good wife. Where's the good wife? <laughs> Etc. Um, but anyway, that's no good at all. So and now. Prue is really worried, too, because they haven't told Piper about this lone guy that uh, they were they were possibly going to use as help because uh, they thought they could do it all under her nose and everything would be fine. They could help her without asking for her input. Honestly, this episode is so stressful just because there are so many things to struggle uh, juggle that are like out of their hands. Struggle juggling. Juggling balls that are out of your hands. A struggle juggle. Yeah, that's, uh, it sounds like uh, a lot of people's lives right now. Mm-hmm. You're right. Juggling some balls that are out of your hands. So that's a bummer. Um, we go back and they're putting together a plan. And in this plan, Phoebe's the bait. You go, Phoebe. And uh, as they're putting together the concoction that Phoebe will sneak to the demon once she's played the part of the uh, unassuming young lass, uh, Piper is mad at Leo because of all of his assumptions. Yeah. And she just cannot keep it in. And uh, meanwhile, Dan comes to the door and says, Piper, did you tell Jenny that she could go to this concert? And Piper's like, ah, no. I mean, well, I didn't really tell her she couldn't because she was caught up in the moment. And uh, then Leo rings the doorbell, too. Mm-hmm. And- oh, no. I don't really know what else happens here. I think she, like, says to Leo, like, I don't have time. Like, I have to go talk to Jenny. Yeah, basically she says, Dan, this is Leo. He stops here sometimes to fix things. He can deal with Phoebe. I'm going. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. And Phoebe was very, like, very huffy. Was like, oh, don't worry, Leo. She's just upset right now. And Leo was like, I can, I can see. Yeah, I can see. And I'm like, can you see that you're the cause of that, Leo? Mr. Man? Mr. Man. Um, and, he, and he can somewhat, but he also doesn't really take responsibility. Yeah, I mean, he he's coming from a place of, like, moral responsibility. As in, he feels like he is responsible for doing some good in the world and I, I think it's hard for him to take that down to a personal level and apply it to like his own personal relationships yeah he's been he's been a, a guardian angel for too long um but that's that's a problem because you can't have it both ways mm-hmm. you can't be a guardian angel and removed from your charges and also be romantically and, and physically involved mm-hmm. It's a tricky situation, I will admit that. Struggle juggle. It's a struggle um, juggle. Uh, the only thing I really enjoyed about this meeting was that Leo was a dork about baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, he said that Dan was on some team, and I didn't even know that it was a baseball team until they said baseball later. The Mariners, I think? Oh, yeah. That, was, that sounds right. Yeah. And uh, Piper was like, so you had time to think about <laughs> baseball did you wow she is full of salt she is and i would be too 
Sports are silly. Let's talk personal relationships. Anyway, so uh, that is that for that. And then we go to Buckland, and Daryl is tracked down Prue, and he's acting every word yet again, <laughs> saying, Prue, I'm not Andy. You gotta talk to me. You gotta. Right now, you have to talk to me. You have to let me know what's going on. You know why? The girls are missing. And and she's like, I guess you're right. I was super into his delivery. Uh, the first line he said was like, oh, Prue, you're gonna say... Well, you say Daryl, and I'll say Prue, and you're going to say, what are you doing here? And you know what? I don't got time for that, or something along those lines. And I actually <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like a really funny scene. No, I really like that. That's where I wrote, let him be funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Prue was like kind of exasperated because she's like, this is my life. Like, I have to just do this. Like, stop trying to get into things that you can't understand or control. And um, in, in that moment, I like realized how deep into this world Prue is like this is kind of her day-to-day and even though we've been watching this for a full season it still feels kind of new definitely yeah well it would be so exhausting yeah she needs a break yep and uh anyway so basically they kind of uh, are on the same page when we leave them yeah, and Daryl has a very good line that is like, we got we gotta communicate, otherwise I'm gonna become very unsociable. And that is yeah. I mean, that's the literal definition of being unsociable. Yep, true. So uh hopefully they communicate more. To the club. Do-do-do-do. Well, uh first to Jenny's room in which they tell her she can't go to the club. And she goes, You're in charge. Or you're in charge, and I'm never in charge. Why? And it's Jenny, it's because you're 12. You are a child. Now. I'm sorry, but no, you can't go. Um, Anyway, so now we go to the club. Now to the club. I was excited because I just wanted to say hot pants. Hot pants. Hot pants. Pants are hot and hot pants. Both pants hot. Too hot. Ow. Ouch. And some uh, very sparkly material on... uh, or shiny, shiny material that Phoebe's wearing. Yes. And a completely backless shirt. Um, yeah. So the three sisters are at the club. It's popping. Um, Dishwall is about to play soon. And they're laying out their trap. So they created the poison. What's going to happen is that when they uh, use Phoebe as the bait, the manager man will take her into the back room. And before she can get eaten, Phoebe will throw the poison onto demon guy and so she sets her plan in motion and she goes over to mr band manager man and does her whole i've been taking a class about band managing and music management and i would do just about anything to learn some tips and tricks and he's like you said the magic words um and would you like to meet the band she's like wow and so he takes her into the back and he locks the door and then Mr. Demon comes out from the wall. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. And Phoebe's like, I think I need a bigger balloon. Uh, so then her sisters, hot on the trail, burst into the room. And the demon guy gets spooked. The spook gets spooked. And spook. he blah, blah, blubs away. Yeah. And uh, not before Phoebe is thoroughly scared. Yeah. And hadn't had a chance yet to even remove the balloon. Exactly. So they all run on out of there, 
And um, then we see uh, Jenny is sneaking into the club. Oh, no. Plus, Lone Man is also going into the club, even though even though um, Prue specifically did not leave a ticket for him to come in. He bribes the security guard, the bouncer, and he's like, let me in. The guy's like, all right, I'll take 50 bucks. <laughs> it's yeah, hard whatever. out there. This, it's hard economy. This, this club doesn't matter to me. I'm only here for one line of this show. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so they both get in. And meanwhile, the demon is telling manager man, like, you brought me witches. You must tempt them back to me with an innocent soul. Doesn't really make sense, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, then, everyone converges at once. Leo, and the band manager, and the loan shark guy, and, uh, Daryl. They all come into the club, and, uh, that, that gives us the great little picture of Piper going, hold that thought to Leo. <laughs> Just, like, hold it. And she does this little, like, twitch with her face. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> and that was my favorite part of this episode. Um, because Leo has also come to confront Piper. And they're trying to have a talk while also trying to do business in terms of demon killing. And it's just not working. Mm -hmm. So Daryl confronts them. Low Man confronts them. But Manager Man has taken away Jenny. So Piper freezes everything and she's like let's go so they go uh to the back room where the manager man has taken jenny and she takes charge she's like here's what we gotta do we've dropped the poison because phoebe got frisked by the security guards because the manager man tattletailed on her and um what we're gonna have to do is get eaten <laughs> by the demon and then blow him up from the <laughs> inside using prue's power which is i mean prue was like it seems like the only way and i was like are we sure that doesn't seem like the yeah. best way. And then they're like, oh, you're right. That's not the best way. The best way is still to get eaten, <laughs> perhaps. But Phoebe has a piece of the antacid on her skirt still. Which is... We'll just use that. One of the funniest weapons in the show to date. They basically <laughs> fling her skirt at him. Oh, man. It's so silly, but it works. It works. And I just want to say, just going back a tiny little bit, that the other favorite part of this episode for me was when they freeze literally the entire club, which, wow, Piper's powers have grown. Um, and you see them running through everyone and everything is completely silent. And it's just little skitters and footsteps and like, ooh, ah, ooh, of them just running and trying to get to the back. <laughs> I, I really, I, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I really love that sequence. Yeah, and I like the visual itself because I've always wanted to like stop a really busy area like Times Square, a club, and be able to just move freely through it. Yeah, with the people still there. Because mm -hmm. um, now just no one is there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an eerie ghost town kind of sight. But I want it to be more comedic than that. So can we adjust that, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I invest in comedy value. So anyway, um, the, the, they get the band manager and they got him. And Daryl and the loan shark guy have also followed them to the back. And the loan shark guy bursts in first and sees the demon exploding and is, gets hit by the explosion. And then Daryl bounds in too and is like, what in the frickin' heck is happening? 
And they say, well, Daryl, you just busted up a major kidnapping ring <laughs> uh, or a kidnapping operation. So just cuff the guy and move along now. That's all you need to know. And he's like, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh... And then Prue gets to threaten Mr. Lone Shark. Oh, yeah. She gets to turn on her threatening voice. It's good. Yes, it's really good, especially in that outfit. I love that outfit. It's very, like, dyke camp meets, like, hippie aunt. It's a good, it's a good look. A niche look. Okay, so they've done it. They've arrested the bad guy. They've destroyed the demon. They've avoided Lone Man. And now they're paying the bills. And now they're going to bop to Dishwalla for a little bit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, that was so uncomfortable. I was like, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't need to happen. We can move on. There's so many double exposures. Ugh, so many double exposures of the band, and then everything that wasn't a double exposure of the band playing was just Phoebe kind of like bouncing, like bopping, and clapping her hands a little bit. Bopping. Um, but yeah, but that's what pays the bills, both on the show and also the writers' room. Mm-hmm. So. They, uh, they're back paying all the bills, and they've paid everything through the next month. And Piper has to have a little talking to with her sisters to say, nobody's telling me anything. You have to tell me things. Which is good. But also, Piper should be able to ask for help, because I don't, I don't fully think she was in the right this entire time. She was about to drive her club into the ground. Oh, totally. I think she needed help. Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's tough on both sides in which Piper is starting, I can see the, the seedlings of some major trust issues. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair, fair enough. Um, um and at, mm. at the same, at the same time, she did need help. Mm-hmm. And her sisters understandably didn't want to upset Piper because Piper has a very certain idea of how she believes things are, should go and I, I, I think they wanted to respect that but they ultimately didn't respect her by going behind her back to try to solve it themselves exactly so you gotta thoroughly think about these things and more than overthinking you have to think would this be helped by simply asking a person what their needs are well put Her chance to sleep Perchance. Perchance to dream. Perchance to nap. Perchance to pay off the loans. Perchance to talk to an ex-boyfriend. So Leo comes back in. Um, and uh Yeah. They have a, a a pretty good talk actually. Like they air a lot of feelings out, but I don't think they came to a real conclusion yet about how they're supposed to navigate their their romantic relationship while also still keeping true to their calling in life. Yeah, and they haven't had a full conversation about it. And that's been where the problem is. Piper doesn't want Leo to clip his wings for her. It's what he should be doing. It's what he's he's been doing for far longer than she's been in his life. But at the same time, they need to really talk about things instead of just having one decision made. Of like, okay, he shouldn't stop working, and no other decisions made, only assumptions based off of that one decision. Yeah, 
the decision is is now a um, requirement, but it's not the end conclusion. Exactly. But they're kind of treating it like it is. Yeah. So, he has to orb away again. I This is my last thing I want to say about this thing, but uh, I find it so discombobulating and also very funny that he, whenever he goes to leave, he walks to the door, looks back, and then he just sparkles away. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. I always expect him to open the door. Oh, <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, man. Okay. Um, no, simply opens the green screen. <laughs> uh, you got me there. Yep, and so did Leo. And then uh, Piper decides to go out the door, and she spots Dan the man. Boo. And she waves. And Boo. Could, could that be a twinkle of interest in her eye? Yes, it is. Because she goes back to check again if he's really gone into the house. Boo! So, that's where we leave off. And I just gotta say, I'm not Team Leo and I'm not Team Dan. I'm Team Sisters. I like it. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the end of that episode. Okay, so, um, oh, ex- an exciting note is that next episode is going to be so full of queer analysis if that's something you've been missing um that is ooh chock full it's gonna get messy i'm excited (laughs) um but speaking of messy should we rank a demon death uh it's probably like a 1.5 in my book wow that's low yeah i thought they were gonna get eaten by him and then blow him up from the inside and i was kind of hyped but they threw a article (laughs) of clothing at him and then he melted, and suddenly there were, like, young women, discombobulated, uh, wandering away. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm there. I get it. I'm there with you. I'm gonna write- I'm gonna rank it slightly higher. I'll, I'll give it a 2.5, um, because I loved the article of clothing that was using- <laughs> using? That was used in order to, uh, bring his downfall. And I also- really enjoyed that they really kind of kept topical with what else was going on with the times which was uh everybody got slimed oh (laughs) so uh that was fun but yeah i didn't think it was like a very impressive death i just thought it was kind of gross and fun yeah the slime factor is pretty fun it does harken to like Mm -hmm. good old comedic um horror (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good old nick jr days um anyway so uh yeah one 1.5 1. and a 2.5 not the not the best not the worst averages to a two yeah hey all right all you right. would be failing this class um and then bryce do mm. you have any final thoughts on this episode i finally do have a final thought wow um, let me hear it it's just so crazy to me that this demon, who seems pretty powerful, uh, would have to make a pact in order to go about finding his victims. A pact with a band manager, which is, like, not even a guy who seems to be that efficient or, like, as good at doing your bidding um, as, like, potentially other powerful individuals. But anyway, I thought about it more and I was like, this kind of all harkens back to behavioral ecology to the optimal foraging theory, which has been made popular by hibernating bears. So 
the whole point of optimal foraging strategy theory is that you need to consume as much calories as possible with as little effort as possible. Um, which is why you often see bears just kind of lounging by a berry bush, just eating the entire mm. bush for the entire day so they can get ready for hibernation. And uh, that's what this demon guy is doing. He's expending as little energy as possible, having someone do his dirty work, while still ingesting all the souls. Wow. What is, what is the band manager in this metaphor? Well, he is the vehicle upon which you can be lazy. He brings you the food. Oh, he's the bush. He's the bush. I see. Well, thank you so much for bringing some science to our podcast. It's sorely needed. Um, I don't know if it's sorely needed, but I appreciate you appreciating me. Hey, appreciations all around. And uh, you. What about you? And uh, what about me? Okay, this is my thought. If you are going to make a deal with a demon, truly you should think about what is the career path you want? What is the job that you want? Do you even want a job? Don't choose the first thing that comes to your head because your, your favorite older cousin has always said he wanted to be a band manager. Really think about it and think about it like this. Mr. Henchman, yeah, I'm talking to myself. What do you want to be for the rest of your life? Do you want to be a henchman who's also a henchman for Dishwalla and Demon? Or do you want to be someone who actually enjoys his life? And then you're going to make a decision and you're going to tell that demon, no, if all you can offer me is a band manager, I might as well do something worthy with my time and not bring you young girls to consume. That's it. I think that's a lesson that many out there will probably not have to be in a situation to follow. Yeah, I hope not. But Um, if they are, I hope they listen to the pod so they can hear your advice. Some sage advice from Bryce and some metaphorical rambling from Shayna. It's monologue time, and it's come (laughs) to a close. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Why did you? Why did you? Um, We appreciate your listenership so very much. We appreciate the non-fan art, fan art, the gifts, the messages, everything is... Oh my god, I don't think... I hope you know. I hope you know how much it means to us to receive messages and things it just completely brightens our days yeah uh um, let me let me echo that i agree that that is something that it has become an important boost to my ego yeah and it makes us keep doing this so if you don't want us to keep doing this stop sending messages my god (laughs) stop showering us with love stop it please don't Okay, I'm Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram. Oh, I'm Bryce. You can find me at your best Bryce. <laughs> and together we are Charmed Spellcast, and you can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram, and you can write to us, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. We appreciate your patronage. Please stay safe, stay well. If you go outside, wear a mask. 
And yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hot pants. Hot pants. Hot pants. Hot pants. Pants are hot and hot pants. Hot pants. Pants are hot and hot pants. 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 Pants are hot and 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 hot pants. Both pants hot. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.